Good afternoon, everyone. And can I just start by reiterating Jews' welcome? Uh, it's really great that you can join us, whether that's now or whether you're watching this later. Uh, it's really encouraging to know that though we can't meet together physically as a church, we can still uh, meet together and be sort of sharing the same experience, uh, learning from God's word together, uh, looking at the same parts of it. So that's, so that's great. So thank you very much for joining us. As has been said, last week we started a new series of talks looking at the kingdom of heaven and in particular looking at what Jesus said about it um, and sort of parables he told of the kingdom. Paul explained last week that although it's not rooted in a specific location, it doesn't have GPS coordinates, you can't find it on Google Maps, it's actually rooted in a real uh, understandable human sense in that we're coming under the rule of a king. We're coming under the rule of King Jesus. And then incredibly, and as is kind of revealed by the very first part of that reading, what Jesus is saying just before he goes out to talk to the crowds. Uh, and if we can have that up on screen, I think, uh, chapter 12, verse 49. Quite incredibly, we are able to become, as part of the kingdom of God, we are able to become, quite literally, Jesus' mother, brother, sisters, his family. We can enter into the heavenly family by being part of the kingdom of God. And as we thought about last week, this has a transforming effect on our lives both now um, and also in the future. And today we're looking at another parable about the kingdom of God, uh, one that comes straight after the um, one we read last week. And it's a very similar story. And so that's why I thought we'd keep the reading um, exactly the same. So we're in, we're in the Gospel of Matthew. And just to think about the context of where we are, Jesus has been very active in the region. He's been preaching and teaching to the people, the Sermon on the Mount, amongst other things. He's been healing, casting out demons, really creating quite a stir. And as a result, as it says in verse 2 there, really large crowds have, have gathered to see him. And it's to these crowds that Jesus... Um, Jesus speaks these parables. Now, as we as we also discussed last week, so a parable is just another word for um, a story that Jesus tells to illustrate his point. Um, and they are they're sort of timeless in their application, really, but they're rooted in the sort of day to day lives and experiences of the people who he's talking to. And I think therein lies perhaps a challenge for us because they are quite, just as they are easy and simple to read, they are also quite easy therefore to dismiss, to just sit back and allow them to sort of gloss over and, and, and have no impact. And actually, there's a bit of a contrast in this section between the mass crowds who hear what Jesus says, but ultimately, at the end of the chapter, they, they reject him. And the contrast is between those guys and his disciples, those who hear the parables and really seek to understand them. They ask him questions and he explains their meaning. Um, 
And actually, Jesus goes on to say that these parables are full of treasure. They're of great value. And, and they are things that have been not well understood. You know, they've been hidden since the creation of the world. They're, Jesus then comes in and he reveals these wonderful truths through these parables. So although they're easy to dismiss, we really mustn't do that. We must seek their meaning. So I'm just going to pray briefly before we have a look at this one. And let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for your word spoken to us here. And we pray that we might not just hear it, but we might understand it. That it would take root in our lives. And it would produce good fruit. So Lord, we ask you to help to understand these things as we read them now. Amen. So let's have a look at the parable in question then. So this is found in um, Matthew chapter 13, and it starts in verse 45. And it's often called the pearl of great price. And just like the, the passage before that we looked at last week, it's asking us, to consider what it would be like to seek out the kingdom of God. You know, these parables all talk about different aspects of the kingdom. This one in particular is saying, what would it be like to find it? And it makes us consider. It makes us consider perhaps for the first time, if this is the first time you've thought about it, whether that's something worth doing. Perhaps you've been a Christian for a long time. It makes us on a daily basis re remind ourselves of why and as we've just sung, we, we have decided to follow Jesus. Why, why have we done that? And is that the right thing to do? So the kingdom of heaven, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. So the, there's two things I think we can and we can think about as a result of this. And the first is that this decision that we need to make, uh, it's a costly one, but it's rational. It's a costly but rational decision. So the subject of this story is a merchant. Uh, and he's out looking for fine pearls. He's not a, a guy who just happened to be lucky and found some. He's an expert. It's a bit like on the Antiques Roadshow, where you have someone comes in with something had in the attic for years, and they've no idea what it is, and they bring it on the show. And on the other side of the table, you have someone who's an expert or has at least done the research and said, "Oh yes, this is from this century by this maker, and it's worth this much." This guy is that expert. He's not just randomly come across this. He's been out looking. And I like to think actually that if there was a great pearl on the market, there they probably would start with rumours circulating of what someone had found, you know, what a, what a fisherman had found or something like that. Um, and a merchant like this would have, would, have, would have gone and sought out the people and asked them, oh, where, where is it? Where can I find it? And he's diligently searched and he's eventually found it. And when he sees it, he knows what he's looking at. But more than that, he knows. He knows what it's going to cost to get this. In this case, much like the labourer in the previous parable, the cost is that he has to sell everything to get it. You know, he has to sell. It just says everything. I, 
I would presume that that means everything. That means his house, his car, the equivalent. Any pearls he's got in stock, anything he's got, he does whatever it takes to get hold of this pearl. The cost is high. And I think an important part of this parable is to say that this is a cost we must consider. But the point is, for him, that meant selling everything to get this pearl. That's the point of the parable. For others, and for us, seeking out the kingdom of heaven may cost something very different. You know, if we have a look at a bit later on in, in the, the book of Matthew, in chapter 19 and verse 29, Jesus is again speaking about, um, he's speaking about the future. And he says, everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. You see there, it's a list. For some, it's the house. For some, it's that relationship with a brother or a sister or a father or a mother. I imagine for the guys who were sitting on the shore listening to Jesus, to follow him would have meant actually traveling with him. And that might well have meant leaving their home, leaving any relatives who weren't keen to come with them too. For the disciples, we go on to read in Matthew how actually the cost for them ended up being very great indeed. They were persecuted, beaten, imprisoned, sometimes killed. I think the point of this parable is not to say we have to sell everything, although in some cases we might. The point is to seek out the kingdom is to be prepared to do whatever it takes to get it. The cost is high, but, but so is the reward. You see, this is a, a guy who deals in pearls. He knows what the value of what he's buying. This trade is a rational decision. Last week, Paul read us a quote from a missionary called Jim Elliott, a quote that he wrote in his journal um, shortly before he was, he was killed for trying to share the gospel. As Paul said, it's a very famous quote, a really helpful one, sort of paraphrasing the words of Jesus. He says, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. So when we look at this trade, this trade the merchant sees, on the one hand we have, I'm just going to hold on, on the one hand we have um, our trinkets, possessions, the things that we can amass in this short life. And on the other, we have the eternal riches of heaven. Now on, on the one hand, we have perhaps our reputation, our good standing amongst those around us who might, consider our decision to follow Jesus as being strange. But that's weighed against a relationship with the king, as we read, becoming a brother to the king, to Jesus, the God who made heaven and earth. Just purely on paper, this is a no-brainer. 
it's a rational decision. If we compare the value of one to the other, just like the merchant did, he could see the value of what he was gaining compared to the value of what he would have to give up. So cost might be high, but this passage tells us that it's, it's a rational decision. It's not a last resort. You know, it's not a, it's not a weak thing to do. It's a rational, sensible, prudent decision. It's a good investment. But to look at it in a different way. I don't think simple rationality is all that's going on here. A basic cost-benefit analysis doesn't fully describe the picture of this parable. You see, I think there's something almost irrational about the merchant's actions. Selling everything? Really? This is a guy whose job is to, to buy and sell. If he sells everything, well, what if he can't get a good price when he comes to sell the pearl on? And where's he going to sleep tonight when he's bought this pearl? What's he going to wear? It's a bit obsessive, isn't it? Selling everything? You see that the parable also says that as well as being a rational, sensible decision, the kingdom of heaven offers deep satisfaction far beyond its material value. I think this is something we can relate to. Um, one of my, my favorite TV shows, indulgences, I should say, is a program called Outback Opal Hunters. Maybe some of you have seen it. I don't know. Or if you haven't seen that, maybe you've seen Aussie Gold Hunters or Deadliest Catch. There's a whole number of these sort of shows. Um, and the basic idea is you have groups of people and they've, they've given up everything. And they go out into the Australian Outback. Uh, they're completely broke. They're living in clapped out caravans using broken machinery and they're hunting in this case for opal, a, a small but beautiful and precious stone. And usually at the end of the show, it's very well edited. One group of these people has found something good and there is just a beautiful to watch moment of joy when they find it. You know, and that joy is not because they've suddenly become rich and they're gonna go be able to go back to living in the suburbs in a lovely house with a big car. That's definitely not true because the next episode, they're back there again, they're broke and their diggers still broken and they can't find money for fuel and all that kind of stuff. You know, they're not doing it just for that. There's something about finding a precious thing, finding treasure that is just wonderful. It's quite contagious, in fact. And the number of times I've spoken to my Claire and said, oh, let's go. Not really seriously. But, oh, that wouldn't be great. Let's go to the outback. Let's get a metal detector and go and find some gold. There's something quite contagious about, about that. And I think the message of this parable is that the same joy, the same joy can be found in the discovery of the kingdom of heaven. But it's also very different than the show because, well, in this parable as well, I'm sure there were many looking for pearls and not all of them found it. 
in Outback Opal Hunters, lots of people go out there, they give up everything, they search really hard, but they don't find anything. And the chance are, if, if I did go out, that's what would happen to me. But the kingdom of heaven is different. Let's read a little bit earlier from the Gospel of Matthew. Let's read from Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7. Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one to the one who knocks on the door, it will be opened. You see, there's no degree of speculation here. Those who seek, those who ask, will find. And that's a wonderful thought because, you know, I can, I can picture so easily that what the joys of finding a precious stone, but I know in my heart that that's just never going to be possible. The joy of the kingdom of heaven is it is open to us. And we attain it by not our own efforts. Because in fact, we could never, um, probably in all honesty, we could never find that great pearl. It's attainable by asking. And if we read on in verse nine, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if, if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him you see to come into the kingdom of heaven is not just a transaction it's not just good sense it's a relationship it's a relationship with our father in heaven our Father in heaven, who is able and willing to give us good things, to give of, of himself, to have a relationship with us. Ultimately, he is the pearl of great price that we are to discover. Now that's, that's easy to say, you know, it's really easy to say, oh, it's wonderful, you know, coming to the kingdom of heaven. It's like finding an amazing pearl. It's wonderful. It is. But sometimes, I'll be honest, preparing for this passage, looking at my life, I'm thinking, do I live like that every day? You know, is my life and my actions shaped by the fact that I'm aware that I've got something of incomparable worth? I think the answer is, the answer is not always. Maybe it's even not often. So what's the solution? I think it comes back to what we've been learning, but actually to come into the kingdom is to come into relationship with God. And this is a God who asks us to ask, to speak to him in prayer, to build that relationship. So I found it quite helpful this week 
myself just to be humbled by that verse and say, you know what? I don't value the pearl as I should. So what I need to do is ask. I need to pray and ask God, our Heavenly Father, to show me again the true value, the true value of coming into his kingdom. Thanks for staying with us, if you uh, managed to do that. Hi, Ant. Hello. How are you doing? Hello. Firstly, I'm good, but apologies if I was cutting out people. Um, it is what it is, and it doesn't always, technology doesn't always work. So it's technology. Apologize. Go, go back and read the passage and, <laughs> and pray, and I'm sure God, God will speak to you more powerfully than I could. So, you know. Well, it's, and I heard you. We'll, I have to, there was a little bit of a delete in my, head, my end, but I heard you, and I'm really glad I did. Thanks for, for bringing that passage to you, to us. It's a real, like, I totally get what you mean when you were saying, I think, in your sermon. I could, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, about that we can just read over it so quickly. And yet in that little parable, there's such a contrast, isn't there, between that, the kind of logical decision and yet actually a decision that was illogical and uh, didn't make sense. And um, it was just something about pure joy of finding, finding this precious thing. It's a great wee parable. Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, the, the danger is we just read over it because it just kind of trips off the tongue and it's short, and it's sweet and it's lovely. Two verses. On we go, um, which I think is if you read the, the gospel, it's, it's what a lot of the crowds were doing. were just listening to him and, you know, enjoying it whilst it was there. But when the crunch time came, they rejected what he had to say. Um, so, and you see a lot, I think, that there's also interludes between these parables where Jesus takes his disciples to one side and they ask questions. What does this mean? What does this mean? Sometimes even they look like silly questions. You're kind of like, it's obvious what that means. <laughs> but I think that's that's showing the right attitude and, and the way we should deal with these is to, to ask questions and discuss them. You know, it may well, yeah. may well be that they ask questions about this one, but just Matthew hasn't recorded that detail yeah. for it, you know? I think that's what we're supposed to do with parables, isn't it? It's we're supposed to kind of pick at it and chew it over and go back to it again and think about it some more. And is that right? Yeah, I, w I would I would say so. It's different. It's weird having just two verses to, to preach and rather than a whole passage initially. You're like, I haven't, I haven't got much to work with. Where do we go? Where do we go from here? So what well, did that look like? Found... Yeah, what I, did that look like for you when you were when you got your two verses and uh, yeah. how, where did you start? How how did that go for you? Um, well, I don't. It was it was a range of ideas and things. What I found most helpful was I sat down this week and over a couple of sessions. Fortunately, I had a little bit of time this week. I just read all the way through Matthew from start to finish. Um, wow. Okay. And I found that helpful because it's not something. I've done very often. Normally, you you pick, you take a bit here and a bit there. But with a parable, you kind of, it's really. I found it really helpful to appreciate the flow. You know, where are we up to? What's Jesus done so far? What he's going to do next? What are his audience up to? You know, um, which I think just helps. So, you know, if you get the time, strongly recommend that. Just, just read it through. And I'll be honest, I'm not, I'm not a great reader, and I struggle sitting down to read. My, the number of books I've read, like. 
non-Bible books. It could count on one hand the number of books I've read in three years, probably. But so I started off, I was like, right, this starts on page 970 and it finishes on page 1000, right? So I'm going to have to read this many pages a day. And it seems like a big task, but in the end, it just sort of get into it and, and you kind of grasp the language and it does flow together. And it's a, it's a great read. So I would recommend that. It's okay. helpful. Good. Definitely. Good. So reading the whole of uh, Matthew's uh, gospel gives you that kind of flow and that context. Mm. I feel like yeah. we're doing a... Uh, it's a bit like homeschooling uh, for adults then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's different times, isn't it? It's different times. But, um, maybe, I guess, if we have the chance to read and just we're not rushing out in the evenings and stuff like that, um, just getting to grips with God's word from that kind of big sweeping perspective as well as taking time to kind of chew over a couple of little verses, that yeah. can be quite helpful. If I'm honest, I say I don't. I'd kind of no, not noticed that I was doing the talk this Sunday. I suddenly realized I was doing this one, not the one next week. And I was like, oh, it's so inconvenient. I've got a busy week. It's, do you know what I mean? And then I was like, oh, I've got to do this. I don't think this is me. I don't think I want to do this. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I got into it and it's benefited me so much. And oh, that's good to hear. I think it's, it's time well spent. The best way to spend time is investing time in, in in reading the Bible and having exploring that relationship with God that I talked about. I think I've got to remember that. And, um, the, yeah, the, the context of this little passage is quite—I'd hmm, probably say a wee bit uncomfortable, having not probably spent the time that you have in it this week. This idea, this context of you know Jesus' mum, his own mum. I mean, like I'm a mum. Hmm. And if one of my kids said to me, she can wait, (laughs) does she think she is? Like, there would be words, let me tell Mm. you. (laughs) So the context of that is just a little bit unusual. It's not something that immediately we can relate to necessarily. What what do you think that's all about? Yeah, there's certainly some very dramatic things in Jesus' teaching, aren't there? And um, I was listening to a a preacher from my old church preaching on this passage trying to copy his ideas basically um, and he said he likened these verses to swimming with sharks oh no to sharks got a lot of respect for them and really intrigued by them but not sure always finds it a bit unnerving being close to them uh, to an extent um, and it is difficult and, and I think when you look at the look at the parables that surround this as well which is something we're going to come on to later in the series you know the the, the parable of the the fishing net, the idea that judgment is to come and the decision about whether we accept the kingdom of heaven or not is an important one because the alternative is is not, it's a miserable, it's a miserable picture of life outside of the kingdom of heaven, the outer darkness as Matthew describes it, where, where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Um, it's a miserable picture. And I think that only heightens the sense of the value it's not something I included in the talk, and I think we'll cover it later, but that what we've been saved from, you know, through through the sacrifice of Jesus paying the ultimate price, dying on the cross for our sins, and what that does in terms of saving us from being cast out of the kingdom of heaven as we deserve really adds to that value of it. You know, it's something we cling on to even tighter because we know the alternative is, is so miserable. Um, so yeah, it's, a, it's a difficult read, but a, a, an important 
top one. So almost like, uh, if I'm taking this too far, correct me, but like for the merchant then, it wasn't just that he had a great peril to gain, but actually in not gaining the great peril, he could have almost lost everything anyway because he saw the worthlessness of the small ones he had. Is that, am I taking that too yeah. far? Or? I think that's the problem with parables, isn't it? Well, it's not the problem. It's, it's that's what if Jesus it was simple. Jesus would tell one one liner, and he'd be like, "Oh yeah, that's that's the kingdom of God, isn't it?" There we it go. <laughs> um, yeah, because you could imagine if he hadn't bought this pearl, oh, it'd have been all right, wouldn't he? He's, he's got a fair trade going. He's comfortable. You know, he's got a good life buying and selling pearls. He'd be quite happy. But if you, I think, if you read that just that, you'd be doing injustice to the the message of the whole. Um, I don't think we're to take that from that parable. Okay. But if we read it compared to the adjacent ones, you know, the parable of the net, for example, which comes next, which describes you know, what happens at judgment, the parable of the weeds, um, that, that idea is in stark contrast to, to kind of the idea, well, we can just be comfortable, we can just crack on, yeah. um, and then we'll be all right. So there's not just something to be gained, actually, there's something to be lost. And yeah. And yeah. we live our life so much feeling like, we're in the middle, mm. don't we? I, th I think even, I think we think, oh, there are people who really take faith seriously and people yeah. who don't take faith seriously. And we're somewhere cruising in the middle and mm. yeah. I mean, what do you think, Jude? I mean, you know, do you always wake up in the morning thinking, I've got this fantastic pearl and everything's wonderful. Um, is, that, is that your experience? Is that what the Christian life is always like? Well, I'm not a morning person, so <laughs> I don't know if there would, I would really struggle with my first thoughts in the morning to think of anything <laughs> about how treasured and valued uh, my, my Christian life is. I'm, I'm joking, of course, but um, yeah, it's an interesting one. I think like you, not often enough is probably, is probably my experience. And I think, um, I think probably as I've got older, that's changed. As I've got older as a Christian, I've been a Christian for quite a long time now. I think as I've got older as a Christian, that's probably changed. So when I was first a Christian, there probably was that excitement of this really valuable, precious thing that I had. And then I've probably, as I've almost got used to having it, um, maybe understanding the responsibility of something of such value and worth as well. So actually, that probably um, dictates the flow of my life a little bit. Like when you have something so precious, not wanting to to waste that or see, seeing that as a mm. not just as a gift but as a responsibility as well. Um, one of my favourite quotes. I'm sorry if I've used this on here before. Is I think it's Spider Man when uh, his uncle says to him. Uh, with great is it great wealth comes great responsibility mm -hmm. or am I misquoting that like probably that. something yeah. like that but just the idea that actually um when when we have something of great value it, it changes uh, our lives sometimes because we're so excited about it but because of also the responsibility it comes with it what about you are you are, are you newly challenged about your how you value your faith definitely and preparing for this, I was just, I was thinking, this, I, it's so easy to say, but it's so, you can look at your life and think, oh, goodness me, I'm not really living in that way. And um, 
that's why I guess I came back to this idea that what we treasure ultimately it's a relate. I think we might have just lost Ant, but we had lots of good sounds uh, just before that. I think he was about to say ultimately what we treasure is relationship. Is that right, Ant? That is right. Yes. Um, <laughs> good. And we can pray and work on our, you know, our, our. We can ask God for good things. We can ask in confidence, yeah. um, and for help to really appreciate what it is that we have. Um, what a privilege! And ultimately, that will stand the test of time. And and what a privilege, as you say. Okay, and it's been so good to chat to you. I think um, parables are going to have us going with chat. We're going to have to be careful with our chat times because with the parables, there's just so much to unpack and chew over, isn't there? They're they're great. Mm. I'm really looking forward to this series. Um, and uh, thank you so much for what you brought to us tonight about uh, about that peril. Um, and yes, really, really thankful to the time you put into that. Would you mind just closing for us in prayer? That'd be great. Be happy to. Thanks. Heavenly Father, thank you that we have been uh, given the opportunity to study your word, study these parables, and seek to understand what they mean. Lord, we pray that they would not just quickly be forgotten, but instead, by your Holy Spirit, you would speak to us. You'd speak to us powerfully and remind us or tell us for the first time um, what it means to be part of your kingdom. Mm. Lord, we pray that we would just not, not just be hearers of your word, but we would, we'd be doers as well. We would be people who do the will of the Father, as is so often described in Matthew, Lord. And, that, you know, we would, we would therefore really... Um, develop a, a relationship with you which transforms our our lives now but which also points towards um, points towards heaven and which makes us thankful people thankful for uh, that you've saved us and thankful for what we have and the treasure that you've given us amen amen thanks for staying with us everyone god bless you this week hope to see you next week take care bye now Bye.